here this morning? Kind of good to catch up with some of the brothers and sisters around you. And if you're visiting today, we're so glad that you're here. Hallelujah. God is good, not just some of the time, but all the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I had a message last Sunday, but I didn't get to give it. And this is George Hummer. Can we give it up for George? No. <laughs> so last Sunday, I was going to share a message. My son, Neil, told me, uh, oh, I'm not really going to say anything. You know, so uh, I said, cool. I should have known better than that. So I want to challenge you this morning. The message I had last Sunday was really in relationship to, and for those of you who might be visiting, not sure what's going I'm talking about, referring to, our, Angie and I, our oldest, or youngest son, became the senior pastor of Plainview Bible in Brookville, Ohio, and, uh, and so today is his first official day. And so last Sunday was a, uh, a potluck and a send-off, prayer, all that good stuff, and, and so anyway, we, uh, I had a message that was just kind of going to slide right in there, and, uh, and it didn't, but that's okay. And so since then, I've, I've built on it anyway, and I think it will bless you because uh, there's so many parallels and principles in our lives that, that when we have someone move up, just like you at work, where you may work or go to school uh, responsibilities take place and then you find out you're being shifted around to do something and uh, Doug if it's okay because I think about everybody knows this it's on Facebook how many knows if it's on Facebook you don't have any more say (laughs) but after 18 years is that right Doug after 18 years Doug's company that he's worked for closed and uh and so he's without a job somewhat. But I, I'm going to give a little, uh, I'm just going to give a little bit of a heads up to you. That's a, this is a good heads up and encouragement that Doug, as most of us know, is an incredible photographer. In fact, he's got a, a degree from University of Dayton in photography. And uh, that was about five years ago, wasn't it, Doug? Okay, okay, and he is a phenomenal, we had family pictures taken last year, right about this time, and we had, I think there were 26 in the family pictures, and within two hours or less, we were able to get all those family pictures done, so this is a free commercial, Doug, and so if you need some pictures done, Doug is going to go back on what he has a love and a passion for, and so, uh, but I'm serious, he, he is a wonderful photographer, and so if you do need that, talk to Doug. But those are transition times that come about. This time last year, he wasn't planning on his job ending, but things take place. There are transitions that are made. I want to share from the Old Testament primarily this morning, and uh, because there's so many parallels here. Now, some of you know your Bible really well, but you know, there's that book in there in the Old Testament called 
judges. And sometimes you're prone to say, okay, judges, what's next? You know, you, you want some interesting reading, what have you. And, you know, there's 1 Kings, 2 Kings, you know, there's Chronicles. How many loves Chronicles, huh? There's, if you do, it's first and second, right? So it's even better yet. And, uh, oh, yeah, just all these great books. Leviticus. Oh, love Leviticus. I just like saying the word Leviticus. I mean, it just rolls off your lips, you know. And uh, diseases. Oh, man, you can read about all kinds of wild diseases. And I won't go into any further of Leviticus. But Judges. The reason we have the book called Judges in the Old Testament, in the Bible, is because they were leaders of Israel. The people wanted a leader. And so God called certain individuals, somewhere between 15 to 17 judges. Sometimes it's kind of uh, debated how many, it doesn't really matter. But they had at least that many judges. There's actually a woman in the group who was a judge. Sometimes they were a judge over Israel for like 40 years. They were a judge. And it's interesting, really is interesting, fascinating, when you read about their lives. Because there is a parallel between Israel of the Old Testament especially, and us today, the church today. So I'm going to begin with the first judge, and then we're going to be moving on from there because I just want to set this up. This is the foundation, okay? So we start with the very first judge, great name, Othniel. Othniel, starts with an L. Othniel was the very first judge, and I'll just read just a little bit from Judges 3, verses 7 through 11. Now I want you to note, and I'll just tell you a heads up. Every time there's a new judge, you see the explanation in Scripture that Israel did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now not everyone likes to hear about evil or sin. If you really don't like hearing about this, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I kind of like talking about it because it helps keep me in check. And it helps keep all of us in check. And the parallel, again, still stands true. And so we begin with Judges chapter 3, verse 7. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to say that with me. The Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. We have an evil problem in America. We have an evil problem locally in our lives. Even as believers and Christians, evil can be a part of your life. We sang a tremendous song today. Jesus, 
be the center of my life. We need Jesus to be at the center of our life to keep the evil from dominating our life. Someone say amen this morning. I want you to follow along now. Don't, don't get lost. Hitch up. So Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Read it with me. They forgot the Lord. Now I want you to say that one more time with me and emphasize the word it's only two syllables. How many do two syllables real well? Great. They forgot the Lord, their God, and they served the Baals and the Asherahs. So how many has ever forgotten the Lord? It's okay to say yes because you're unique if you've never, ever forgotten the Lord. You may say, well, I have faithfully served the Lord all my life. Awesome. You get a merit badge. Better than that, you get a crown according to the Word of God. You know, we are going to have crowns. We really are. They're various, it's a great study just about crowns. Not going to go there, but we are to serve the Lord as faithfully as we can. And it's difficult sometimes to keep the evil out because the evil is always around us. No matter where you go, there it is, there it is, here it is. You listen to the news, you watch the news. Evil is there constantly. It's all, in fact, you know what the Bible even says, that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, this isn't maybe a really good, feel-good sermon, but it will get that way a little later. Just hang on. But this evil thing is for real. This sin thing is for real. It tries to dominate our lives. It definitely dominates our social media. It dominates our written media. What you hear over the radio, it dominates. And so there's evil around all the time. And then here we are, we are born-again, blood-bought Christians. Blood-bought because Jesus bought us. He purchased us because of the shedding of his blood at Calvary. A simple message, but profound. That the God of everything, who created all things, the Creator, I love that, that title, Creator. There is only one in the entire system of the universe, universes, galaxies, the earth, there's only one creator. Think about that for a second. If you're more prone to think that there was an explosion, well, you go for that. But it takes more faith to believe in a big bang than in God creating everything. Think about who you are, your emotions, think about your makeup as a person, think about the things you enjoy in life, think about the absolute incredible fact that you, you, have, you have fingers that you can manipulate, that you, you have abilities. We are, we are just so gifted with so many things. We, we have a gift of things. God's given us this earth to enjoy. Come on now. How many enjoyed what God has given you? How many likes going to the mountains? You like going to the, uh, 
you know, uh, last, see, two weeks ago, uh, Neil and Katie, they went to uh, Oregon knowing they had some big things coming up, and so they took a week's vacation, and uh, Neil had obviously lived in Oregon before coming here as we pastored there, and uh, Oregon is a beautiful, beautiful state. I mean, wherever you go, it's beautiful. And the coast, if you go to the coast, I mean, then, then they went right down to California. They went to the Redwoods. And uh, you look at all that God has created, and you need to rejoice and give thanks to the Creator for making everything. Just the other day, I, I looked around, and it was just such a beautiful, beautiful day. And, you know, the... You know, the pollen was nice and yellow. And, uh, but anyway, I was looking actually at the beauty of the trees and everything, and I just said, you know, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You can say Jesus because Jesus was there at the creation. When you read John 1, 1, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, you, you find out that all things were created by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. That's a whole lot of maids, isn't it? But nothing was made without him being involved in the process. Hallelujah. He was in the beginning. Hallelujah. He's always been and always will be. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. You talk about, uh, you know, sustainability. When you have a God that you serve who's always been and always will be, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we get back to the judges. The very first judge was by the name again of Othniel. And it says here, and you will find out, if you do a little study on the judges, and you say, you know what? He was talking about the judges. I think I'll read that. So you start reading about judge number one, number two, number three, number four, until it gets to all the judges. You will see something that is repetitive. And that is, the Israelites, or Israel, did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now I find the parallel again that it matches up to our time as well. We have our times when our country has been somewhat a faithful spiritual nation. And then there are other times when the nation has become something that, I'll be frank with you, most of us who are older, we do not recognize this nation any longer. It has taken such an incredible change of areas that, especially of sexuality, of gender, are you man? Are you a woman? Let's just, you're in kindergarten. Let's help this little guy, this little girl, figure out who she is. But let's not put any pressure on them. You just be anything you want to be until one day. This is not only messed up, it is a lie from the very pit of hell that would say there is nothing about your sexuality that is certain, but there are those who can help you figure it out. That's only some of the things that we are dealing with. We've had such a, an era now, and it's really only been the last few years, where there has been such an onslaught against the values and the morals of the nation. How many believes, I'm sure you do, a nation should be a nation of morals and a nation of values. Would you agree? It is how we 
again, have sustainability. It is how we function. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Israel is referred to, and they're the only ones that have this, this recognition. They are referred to as God's chosen people. It didn't say in the Old Testament, and the United States of America is God's chosen people. You know, you know what we are? We're grafted in. We're, gra a, we're this big plant life, you know? And we are grafted in. Limbs are grafted in. We are grafted in because of Jesus Christ. But Israel's been the only nation ever referred to as the nation that belongs to God. The children of Israel belong to God. And yet, even with that distinction... They found in themselves that they couldn't actively, consistently serve God. They would become distracted. Now, when it says, they forgot the Lord their God. How in the world can you forget the Lord your God when he took you out of Egypt and he gave you what is called the promised land. You had to fight for it. But the cool thing is God said I will fight for you. And folks I still believe he is fighting for us. I believe that one of the benefits of being a believer in Jesus Christ is that God is fighting for us. I just had a recent request for prayer. And I found my, myself saying this, Oh God, fight for them. Come on, someone this morning. Allow God to fight for you. God fought for the Israelites. And they went from city to city, from town to town, and they overwhelmed all those who lived there because it was the land promised by God to his children. It was happening. But somehow the bottom half of this verse took place. They began to forget God and to serve idols. Now if you're going to be a true Baal worshiper, then you at some point, you have to make sacrifices. And one of the premier sacrifices was to sacrifice a beautiful little baby boy or girl. In order to really serve Baal, you had to cut yourself constantly. There's an issue in our society. I don't know how many years it's been going on, but it's been, has it been forever? but it has different individuals cutting themselves because there's a compulsiveness that takes place. There's inner turmoil, and somehow it has come to the thinking, if I cut myself, it will affect my emotions, my, sensitiv my sensitivity, and I will begin to deal better with my trials, with the things that are burdening me. Again, it's a lie from the enemy. But to be a person of, a follower of Baal or the Ashura, you needed to cut yourselves constantly. How many remembers the story about Elijah? 
Remember Elijah had, had a, a battle with 400 prophets of Baal? Remember, that's one of the best stories in the Bible. I love it. I mean, this, this is good reading, you know. Don't you love it when God just lays out the victory out there, you know? And, and I won't tell you the whole story, but just real quick, you know, there was, there was a competition here. Competition was Elijah. So he's the uh, prophet of God. He's there all by himself. And he's there with, with the king, who should be a man of God, but is not. And you got a wife by the name of Jezebel. You know you got problems, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. And so he has 400 prophets of Baal. And then all the Israelites, or the Israelites who actually, most of them are following after that. They follow right into that. The Israelites did even in the eyes of the Lord because they forgot the Lord of God and they began to serve Baal and the Asherahs. So the competition was this. Elijah said, let's just see who is who. Let's see whose God is real. And you know what, he ha what happened? He had a fire pit made for, for an altar, actually, and there was going to be some sacrificing done. And when all was said and done, God showed up mightily. But if you notice, when it came time for the, the Baalites, the followers of Baal and the Asherahs, when they came up, they began to dance with all of their might and scream and, and cut themselves and cut themselves. It's a part of their worship. That's why it's not good to cut yourself. Because there is a familiarity with that spirit. And that is a spirit that causes you to do that. If you ever got into that, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm trying to tell you right now, it is a trick of the enemy. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up. It is a something that is uh, taking a stronghold. It's a stronghold. How many of you know a stronghold when you see a stronghold? Well, it's a stronghold. And so they had a stronghold. So the Israelites did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. They began to cut themselves. They began to follow in the ways of Baal. They began to even sacrifice children unto the Lord. And they forgot God. Isn't it amazing how God can bless you so incredibly and you can actually walk away from the remembrance of that blessing and you begin to forget what God has done for you. Anybody ever have that happen? You get caught up with life, you get caught up with this... Jesus at the center of my life. It's not happening. It's not happening. We need to have Jesus at the center. So we have a judge that, in fact, we'll read the rest of the scripture. It says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God, served the Baals and the Asherahs. The anger of the Lord, listen to this, burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of of the king of Aram. He sold them into the hands of the king of Aram. That may sound a little confusing. Was there an auction? I mean, what happened here? You know, how, how did he sell them? You know what he did? He turned them over. If that's what they're going to do, is follow foreign gods, then I'm going to take my blessing off of your life and you will serve them, you can serve them all you want, and you will be under their kings and under their captivity. And that's exactly what happened. But then after a, a while, what else happens? 
the people began to realize, I don't like how this king is treating me. So what do you do then? God, help! Man, if I'm God for one second, you take care of it. You made your choice. Aren't you glad I am not God? That's the best amen I've gotten all day. I don't know if that's good or bad. So it goes on to say, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel. There's times when I believe, I really do, that God's anger burned against me. It's burned against you. And you know what? There are times when anger, the anger of God burns against the church because the church has been notoriously uh, guilty from time to time of turning their backs on the real worship of the Lord God. They've gotten into programs. They've gotten into so many things. You know what? You can have, we're talking about a little bit about missions today. Praise the Lord for missions. Hallelujah. Every church should be involved with missions. But you know, a mission can become such a focal point that you almost forget God. A special program can be so good that you almost forget about God. My cousin, uh, her and her husband pastored a, a very large successful church in Tustin, California. And, and uh, they had an incredible worship leader, super gifted. And the church was just enthralled and in love with this worship leader and the worship. And one day, the Lord God spoke, his name is Butch, to Butch. And he said, he made an announcement. He said, folks, today we're not going to have any praise and worship. In fact, we're not going to have any for until I feel the Holy Spirit let me know that it's time to have it again. Because the focus had changed where people were actually worshiping the worship. I'm just trying to make a point that things can get off kilter, even things that are good. You love this, you love that. You give your life to it. Those are good things. But it can't get you off kilter if Jesus isn't the center. Hallelujah. So we've got the word here, and it says, The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, so he sold them into the hands of the king of Aram, to whom the Israelites were subject for how many years? Eight years. They had eight years of misery. Eight years they had to go through. And so we, can, we continue to read, and it says, uh, Then he gathered, oh, I'm sorry, uh, here we go. But when they cried out to the Lord, we're so good about that, aren't we? We do our own thing, and it's also, oh, man, God, I need you. I need your help. I need you, O oh Lord. And it says, they cried out to the Lord, and he, really important here, raised up for them a deliverer. Who's the deliverer that God raised up for us? all of us, that's found in the New Testament. Jesus Christ is our deliverer. Come on, somebody. He is our righteousness. There's no none righteous, no, not one, except He. Oh, hallelujah. So God raised up a deliverer, we find out, and it goes on to say that 
he was uh, Othniel, son of Kenaz. This is interesting. He's Caleb's younger brother. How many remembers Caleb in the Old Testament? Some of you do. Let me just remind you. How many remembers about the ten spies that Moses sent out to spy out the land? Go check out the land and bring us back a report and bring us back some of the food from where you're going to go. And they went there, they checked it out, and there were two, two individuals, Joshua and Caleb, out of ten that came back and said, oh, battle is on. Let's go for, let's go for taking the land. But the other eight said, oh, no, we can't do that. There are giants in the land. They've got some great food, but we're going to get killed if we're going to go there. And so their negative report resulted in them staying in the wilderness for a lot more years. Now, folks, when you believe a negative report, someone hear me now. When you believe a negative report, it's going to take you on a negative slide downhill. When you believe a negative report, don't believe negative reports. Now, there's sometimes when a report, you know, if, if, you're, if you're in the military and, and you're getting a report about what is taking place because uh, it's in the field of battle, you know, there, there's going to be a report that says, you know, here's the strength of the enemy. There's, uh, their strength is, is such and such, and this is uh, what our intelligence reveals. And so, that may be a negative, but I am talking about a negative report that tears your spirit down. Does someone hear me today? A negative report oftentimes comes from the enemy below. And so we find out that Othniel, the very first judge, was actually Caleb's younger brother. Now, doesn't he have a good pedigree? I mean, he is the brother of the one who said, let's do it. Let's go for it. And he became that type of man. He's also from the tribe of Judah. Significant. As Jesus would come from the tribe of Judah. And lineage. So, we've, we finished up and it says here, but when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. Isn't that what deliverers do? A deliverer is there to save you, to save me. And it goes on to say, the Lord uh, gave, now who did this? The Lord gave the king of Aram into the hands of Othniel. So get this. Wrap your, wrap your mind around this. So God appoints a judge, a leader, who is going to lead them into victory. But then is defined in Scripture, but the victory really didn't come from the deliverer who's called Othniel, but the deliverer who's called Lord God. Ultimately, who will win your battle for you is the Lord. Hallelujah. It is the Lord God. One more time. God raised up for them a deliverer. 
who saved them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he, so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. Othniel wasn't going to go anywhere unless the Spirit of the Lord. Folks, you're not going to go anywhere. Unless the Spirit of the Lord comes over you, the Holy Spirit comes over you and gives you the word, gives you the strength, gives you the direction. It is the Holy Spirit that gives you the battle. Who does the saving? And so it says, the Lord gave the king of Aram into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. Remember, it had been eight years of terror, of torment, of being under the bondage of the king of Aram. But it says in verse 11, so the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel died. How many say, would say it was good in the days of Othniel? Yay, man. Hallelujah. And then we get to the second judge. I'm not going to talk about all the judges, but there's the first few is really interesting. Though so Ehud, Ehud was the second judge. Gen, uh, judges 3, it says this, verse 12. And the children of Israel, oh, you've got to read it with me again. And the children of Israel, again, I'm going to do that one more time because you, you didn't sink exactly when you needed to sink. How many understand sink? It's right at the right moment. You ready? Here we go. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it goes on to say, so the Lord strengthened who? Their enemies. Is it possible that when you take your eyes off of the Lord, that your enemies will be strengthened to help you get your eyes back to center where it needs to be? Or can you just go around doing your own thing? I believe that the, the Lord God is going to be mindful of where you're at, and if He has to stir up a little bit of misery in your life to get you back to center, that's exactly what he's going to do. You mean he brings sickness? or You know what? I'm not getting into that debate. I'm just saying that he can make your life uncomfortable. Come on now. How has ever been uncomfortable in your life because you're not living for God the way you're supposed to be living for God? Absolutely. So God strengthens the hand of Moab against Israel. Now, there would come a time when God would strengthen the hand of one of the most brutal kings ever recorded, Nebuchadnezzar. He would strengthen, he would actually give Nebuchadnezzar a blessing so that he could overwhelm the Israelites because they had fallen into that same trap of taking their eyes off of God and serving the idols. So we get back here and it says, so the Lord strengthened the king of Moab against Israel because they had done evil because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And let me see, I think I want to yeah, we'll, we'll continue just a little bit more. So then he gathered to himself the people of Ammon of, and Amalek. He went and defeated Israel. 
and took possession of the city of Palms. So the children of Israel served Eglon, king of Moab, 18 years. The first time it was eight years. If you don't learn your lesson, it can go from eight to 18 in a heartbeat. And so now it's, it's 18 years. And in fact, do you have that up there? So the children, yeah, there we go. And if you can take me to verse 15. So the children of Israel served and were under the, the king for 18 years. But when the children of Israel, what did they do? Cried out to the Lord. The Lord raised up a what? Deliverer for them. Ehud, the son of Gerah, the Benjamite. Well, we need to know this information. He's left-handed. I wish you just said Southpaw. So he's left-handed. And by him, the children of Israel sent tribute. In other words, they were under this king for 18 years, and they had to bring tribute. They had to bring a certain amount of wealth to the king to keep the king from crushing them. And so as we read that, we find out, and, and I'm, I'm just going to give you a little heads up. So this man is now being raised up as a deliverer. He's left-handed. He goes to the meeting carrying, while well, he's got servants doing this, all this tribute, they give it to the king, the evil king, and then Ehud, who's now declared as the deliverer of Israel, he had made a double-edged sword. He's left-handed, so he put it in the right side of his waist, and he hid it. And it's only like about 18 inches long. It's a short, almost like a dagger. He goes to this meeting, and uh, he has a little bit of conversation, what have you. All the tribute goes to the king. He leaves. Everybody leaves. But then he purposely turns around. He comes back and says, oh, king, I have something I need to tell you, but it's only for your, your ears only. It's a secret. And the king was like, oh, absolutely, come back on in. The king was horribly fat. That's what it says in the word. He's fat, very fat. And so he says, I need to whisper it in your ear. So Ehud comes over there. And he begins to whisper in his ear. At the same time, he's drawing out that dagger. And he plunges it into the belly of the king. Do you like descriptive? Okay, the descript says he was so fat that the flesh closed around it. He buried that dagger and killed him. He locked the doors and left, got away. And then you know what he did? He got back to his people as quickly as possible. And he went and he got one of these. Someone asked me the other day, what is that? This First of all, is a gift from Randy and Carolyn. I'm so thankful to them. And something I wanted for a very, very, very long time. It's a shofar. It is a ram's horn. And so it's the horn of an animal. It's, in the Bible, it's referred to as shofar. In the Bible, it's also referred to as trumpet. Because as you can notice, as you notice, the, uh, the very end is cut off so that you can blow this. And uh, some people are really, really good at it. And uh, I don't have experience with it, so uh, I'm not as good. But you blow long and short 
amount of, uh, and the word just escaped me, but it's a note. And so it's just a short note, a long note. It's a reverberating note, note going back and forth. This is how Moses communicated to the children of Israel like a million plus in the wilderness. How are you going to call a meeting? We need to have a meeting of the 12 tribes. And so they would blow certain horns and certain sounds that would be identifiable by the Israelites. And they would say, oh, okay, I, I hear the blowing of the trumpet. We've got... We've got to go because there's a meeting. Or, in this case, Ehud, he went, he, he personally, he personally took the shofar, the trumpet, and he began to blow it, and he was calling, and he was using the notes of war. We're going to attack the king. That 18 years we've been under their domination. We're going to attack them. God's going to give us the victory. You know what? How many years have they been waiting for the sound to be blown? Someone with the faith. Someone with the courage. Someone with the ability to say, we can do this. We're done with slavery. We're done with being under the enemy. We're done with the idols. We're going to serve the Lord God. And so the horn, the trumpet, the shofar was blown. And they came from the hills. Everybody grabbed their swords. And they went and they annihilated the king's men, the king's army. And they were victorious. Because God had raised up a judge who would be called a deliverer. Hallelujah. Folks, we need people who have a calling of faith to blow the trumpet. There's so much that the church is fighting right now that you and I are fighting as believers. If you're grandparents, you're fighting for the lives of your grandchildren. They are being taught in a liberal society an agenda that is an ungodly agenda an ungodly information that is no different than when Adam and Eve were in the garden and the enemy came cloaked as something of beauty and said why why can't you go to that tree doesn't the tree look good to eat? Oh, yes. Well, then you should do it. And they turned it around. We need someone to blow the horn. We need someone, when the horn is blown, to follow. Come on now. The Bible talks about putting the trumpet to your mouth. We read about it, especially in the Old Testament. Put the trumpet to your mouth. Blow the trumpet in the midst of Zion. Oh, hallelujah. Folks, there's so many things that is happening right now. The church needs to rise up. Now, last week, I was going to mix this message in with the fact that Neil's leaving because whatever Neil can do, someone else can do as well. 
And he did all kinds of things here. I mean, he did, he, he uh, not just ministry, preaching, he did from IT to carpentry to this to that. Like I said, you know, a few weeks ago, he's out there grinding the stumps in the field. Hey, Dad, I still have this grinder that I was using at home. You got some stumps out there? I said, no, about seven. So he's out there. It's a hot day. And then we both looked, and there was poison oak, you know. But it didn't detour him. You know, the enemy can detour you real quick. But he just kept up, and he never got poison ivy. He dreamed about it all night. <laughs> he dreamed about it all night. I'm not joking. He, every time he dreamed about it and woke up, he'd go take a shower. He said at 3 o'clock, he got up. He said, I thought about it. And I looked, and I went and took another shower. Now, I don't know if you've ever had poison ivy or poison oak, but I have, and, and I'm, I'm alignment right with him. You know, I, I hear what he's saying. But folks, the enemy will try to remove those who need to hear the sound of the trumpet. Well, we're blowing the trumpet. And God has given us so many blessings. How many is sitting on a blessing right now and how many is by faith you're sitting on a blessing that you're not aware of? You're sitting on a future healing. You're sitting on a future blessing of relationship reconciliation. You're sitting on a blessing that is financial. There are so many blessings besides your health. But folks... Praise the Lord. He's got a blessing for us. But we need workers. We need people to hear the call. We need people who can blow the horn. We can need people who can follow the horn. Hallelujah. The horn has a purpose. It has a purpose. Praise the Lord. And if you're saying, man, I'm just too busy, well, you better check your schedule out and alignment with God's schedule. God has a schedule and you have your schedule. And it's not about him sinking to your schedule. Oh, I think this is a good word. Man, this is a good word. This is a good word. We had a problem the other day, Angie and I did, with uh, syncing our schedules. You know, we use a Google calendar. And so uh, somehow, it w- you know, somehow we got something on there and, and it wasn't syncing. In other words, she can do something on her calendar and, and I can get the same information on my calendar so you don't have to redo it. You know, it's kind of cool. And, uh, but something wasn't, we weren't syncing. But I believe really, sometimes we're trying to get God to sync with our calendar. Come on, someone. His job is not to sync with your calendar. Your job is to sync with his calendar. I'm not just talking about doing things. I'm talking about hearing what you may, may need. You know, when he has something for you to do, it's for your good. It may seem like work, but if it's work for the Lord, how many would say that's a good thing? We were created. What was Adam and Eve created to do? First of all, to take care of a garden. They were not, he didn't say, what do you think about this cool garden? Now, 
I put in there a whole bunch of yard chairs and a couple of hammocks. Enjoy yourselves. You know, anything you need done, just call out for one of those animals. In fact, give them a name and they'll respond. Did he say that? Man, sometimes we just don't know who God is. He had all intent and purpose for them was to be at work, but also to be in fellowship with God. Hallelujah. That's why it's important that we work. We're supposed to be people who work. And when we have idle hands, the Bible says that's a bad thing. So hallelujah. So I've got more on the judges. I ran out of time. But I want to encourage you today that you would... Uh, that you would read Judges, because I've got a couple more I want to go to, besides Ehud. And by the way, Ehud, that was quite some faith to do what he did. And he killed that king. He set the trumpet to his lips. There was a man, a great minister of the gospel, for many, many, many decades. And he went home to be with the Lord uh, probably several years ago by the name of David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson wrote a book about setting the trumpet to your lips. And I echo his call today to set the trumpet to your lips. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm praying that any deficiencies that are left with our awesome, with my awesome son and daughter-in-law and hey, Autumn by that, by you know, she's got, she contributed mightily. And again, the, the other two, their job was to be cute. So I do need a few that, you know, I volunteer to be cute. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody's got their place, don't they? Especially when you're six or eight. Praise the Lord. How many would be receptive to hearing the call of the blowing? of the shofar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning? Father God, I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you are here. <laughs> Somebody need to reach out. You don't need me to uh, intercede for you. If you are in need of healing, you reach out right now because the Holy Spirit is here. I feel him from the very top of my head to the very soles of my feet. It is overwhelming. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is here. The water is being stirred right now. If you're in need of whatever it might be, you begin to call out to him. Call out to him. Call out to him. Come on, call out to him. Begin to call out to him. Hallelujah. 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 You have not because you ask not. And you have not because you do not ask specifically. Call out upon Him. Call out to Him. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. It's not like I didn't feel Him before, but as soon as I said that, I felt this, I felt what I feel right now. Every hair on my neck, on my spine is at attention. He is here. Let him minister to you. 
You don't need some minister to say, now do this, now do that. You know what? The water is being stirred. Get in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here at this very moment. At the end of the service is the beginning of the service for somebody. Holy Spirit, oh, I pray that you would begin to move forth around this sanctuary. I'm praying for those who are troubled to become untroubled. I'm praying for those who are desperate to be fulfilled with the blessing and the deliverance that's being rose up right in front of them. Hallelujah. For those seeking direction, for those, oh God, who have talents, who have abilities, oh God, I pray that they would force their way to the surface, just like a seed does when it's been watered. It forces its way to the surface and it begins to sprout out of the soil. It begins to grow and to grow and to grow and it becomes something of worth, of value, nutritional. Oh God, I pray for seeds even now to force their way from the depths of the earth and to pop out of the soil and to begin to grow. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to serve you. We want to be your servants. We want to be your disciples. Oh, God, I thank you for how you allowed Stacy and Jamie, Samantha and Cody to leave the, the comfortable domain of this country, their country, and to go to a place where they can minister the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ, where they can minister healing, where they can say, we are here to serve you. Lord, you've called us to serve. I pray, God, that you'd raise up missionaries here. Raise up those who say, I want to do the same. And those who would not go across the world or, or somewhere else, but even just in their backyard. Oh God, raise up in us that spirit of service. Oh hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for Athniel. We thank you, oh God, for Ehud. But Lord, we're saddened in our hearts that it took a people who would take their eyes off of you and do evil in your sight. So Lord, today, we say with all of our hearts, forgive us individually, forgive us in our families, forgive us in our nation, for where we have taken our eyes off of you. For the day is drawing close when a trumpet will be sounded, will be heard, and it will be of a particular blast that will be identifiable only by those who intuitively, down deep inside, have been waiting for the blast, a certain sound coming from a certain shofar, 
that says, my children, come up to me. We look for that day, oh God. We look for that day. And Lord, there's coming a time soon, and I believe it is going to be soon, when the trumpet will be to the mouth of the angel on high, who will call out to the blast, and to the dead that are in the, in the land, in the seas, they will come, and they will meet the Lord in the air. And then those who are alive and remain, who are in the Lord, will be caught up together with them. Hallelujah. Now before that happens, Lord, I pray we won't waste a single day, a single hour, a single second. Call us, oh God. Call us. Hallelujah. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're the one who needs to do the calling. Calling out to Him. Saying, Lord, forgive me, for I am a sinner. I need your salvation. For God sent you as my deliverer. And I am responding right now. Real quickly, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. If you're responding this very second, I just want to rejoice with you. Hallelujah. 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 Real quickly, anybody. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be nervous. If Jesus isn't the Lord of your life, then he's not Lord over anything in your life. Hallelujah. Father, we give to you unconditionally all that we are, all that we are in everything. And we say, oh God, live in me. Reign in me as we sang the song and use me. Hallelujah. And the people of the Lord God said all together, Amen. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here this morning. You are dismissed.